0: Welcome everybody to the lakers lounge i'm Anthony Irwin today joined by a good buddy of mine somebody who uh is on the other side of the series that that we are all watching matt moore of the action network is here uh you know somebody i, I don't know man I, I you texted me as soon as we saw as soon as the the, the wolves and lakers played and the Lakers were getting ready for the Grizzlies you texted me all of the bets that you were looking at if if you didn't actually file them Um, betting on the Lakers this upcoming postseason knowing the path that they had ahead of them Uh, and then the game happened and unfortunately John Morant happened we'll talk about that here in a bit as well Uh, so you were pretty confident about the Lakers going in, I don't know how much of that was cynical confidence because the NBA does stuff for the for the Lakers, but <laughs> but but generally speaking, you were pretty confident in the Lakers, and then I would imagine so, that confidence was pretty much confirmed, though, right?
1: I mean, yeah, um, I think more from the the standpoint of you know a lot of things went Memphis's way. Jaron didn't get in foul trouble, mm-hmm. and the Grizzlies half court offense wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. And the Lakers still won. And that's like really promising for them, right? Like, I don't know if the half-court offense is going to be as good. I don't know if the shooting is going to be as good. Um, I'm not necessarily, there's this idea, like Memphis is definitely pushing the idea of like, well, that was a Rui-Hachimura outlier game. And I'm like, Rui's good, guys. I don't know if he just like did not, like, it's fine that he didn't pay attention to the scouting report when he played Washington. That's fine. Yeah. But like, Mm -hmm. Rui was good in Washington. Like from the minute that I saw Rui in preseason, I was like, oh, Rui leveled up. And then, yeah. like, start the season. I was like, oh, Rui's like good now. Like, Rui's polished and looks physical." And so, like, now that was this performance probably his best of the postseason. There's like a, I don't know, eighty percent chance that that's probably his best game of the postseason. Yeah.
0: But like, I'd, I'd maybe up that a little bit. But yeah, but, like,
1: there's like also twenty percent chance it's not. You know, and it's also one of those things where you know, if you're gonna win, you're gonna need contributions like that. And this is one of the problems with Memphis is like they don't have guys like that. Like they don't yeah. have guys. that are, Like, Santi Aldama is not going to drop 25. That's, that's not going to happen. Zaire Williams is definitely not going to drop 25. David Roddy is not going to drop 25 points. Like, Memphis yeah. doesn't have any of those guys. So, I'm, like, not surprised um, in, in terms of, of that outcome. I think the Lakers continue to have a big advantage. And, like, one of the things that I thought was, oh – Memphis can't go small because Brandon Clark's out, so they can't put Jaron at five and, and Brandon Clark at four, which is their best lineup. Yeah, you know, they'll have to play Santee there, and, and it's not quite as good because they won't have the offensive rebound advantage. I thought the Lakers would be able to just like go big in that situation and play Vando, and Vando was fine, um, and really dominate on the offensive glass and like outmuscle them, and Davis outmuscle them because it's AD, but more kind of specifically is like the Lakers then were able to be like oh because we don't have to deal with your physicality we can just space the floor more and if you put AD and LeBron and floor spacers that's a recipe that actually looks like 2020 mm-hmm. and so like that to me was was kind of the outcome there is that Memphis's specific roster vulnerabilities combined with their injuries open the door for the Lakers to be able to play like a version of themselves that's closest to the best
0: Yeah, I think, you know, going into the series, I, you know, I said it and and Keith and I talked about it on the show, I tweeted it out also, I brought it up with Aaron, I said that this series is really going to come down to Jaron Jackson Jr., how long he's able to stay on the court, how productive he's going to be while he's out there on the court, and uh, in those games that he's able to play close to 40 minutes, uh, Memphis is going to look good. It's going to be competitive. And I still think the Lakers are better because the, the you know, the stuff that they can bring off of the bench is better than Memphis is, but, but, you know, as evidenced by like Rui or whatever, but, but, uh, you know, that, that's what made this, this game on Sunday, yesterday, all the more kind of in, in, intriguing to me, uh, being somebody who bet on the Lakers winning in five and that, that was the Jaron Jackson game. That was, yeah. the, that was about as good as, as Memphis can, can realistically hope for from Jaron. Not saying it's not repeatable. Not saying he isn't talented because he is. Uh, but they got everything that they could have wanted from him. You know, Starting with availability. Staying on the floor as long as he needed to. And the, the, the Grizzlies looked like a completely different team while he was out there. Uh, he played incredibly well. I was thoroughly impressed by what he brought to the table there. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get that specifically from him, not counting like how great he looked, but I think the Lakers are, are, are going to make some adjustments to get some guys dribbling downhill more at him. I thought Memphis, the best thing they did defensively was really wall off the, the interior. Like, every time he was contesting, it was on his terms. It was against somebody who was off balance because their drive to the basket wasn't a straight-line drive. Um, And the more that Memphis was able to do that, the longer he's able to stay on the floor. I just think that the Lakers have enough on-ball creativity that it's kind of tough to replicate exactly that, you know? Mm. The one thing that they lack um, is, you know, like Schroeder is the only guy... Who can go out there on in in isolation and ag- get around somebody you know he doesn't require a screen lebron can't turn the corner on brooks d'angelo russell isn't the you know isn't a turn the corner athlete neither is austin reeves those guys you know kind of require pick and rolls but uh I, I do kind of think the lakers are going to more effectively get some of those guys downhill so that when they meet jaron jackson it's more on their terms than it was in game one but you know even there like memphis is really effing good on the perimeter like they have really good defenders out there and and it's going to be tough to, to to pull that off um the the jaw stuff is a real bummer the the it's it really sucks uh he already had that hand bandaged before the the game and stuff um and and then he takes you know he drives to the basket ad takes a charge or you know whatever you want to call it and now the conversation is, well, ban- charges need to be banned altogether because, uh, because Jaw got hurt and because Giannis got hurt. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go that far. I'm, I'm generally, I'm pretty anti-charge as it is. But I think the bigger problem is that you have without hand checking and with how much space these guys have on the perimeter, they are fucking flying into the rim when they finally get there. And that's where you're seeing these crazy collisions and stuff, and and I think that's more dangerous than the charge call itself, but but yeah, it looks like Woj is reporting that uh, Jaw won't be available for game two. Uh, I, it's a real bummer. It sucks. This this series already is happening with Memphis shorthanded, but this really really blows. If Jaw isn't able to go, I, what what chances do you have? What what chances do you give to Memphis? if he misses a game or two pretty good yeah
1: yeah um they've they've done really well when jaw hasn't played they play mm-hmm. different jaw makes them jock ja and when when you a game with a jaw game yeah. Like that's the thing that he can do but the grizzlies have a number of ways to win without him like the starting point in all this is just like you gotta play better defense and mm-hmm. i don't know what you can do versus ad because he's ad and if he's in this kind of zone then he's he's difficult to stop um you know, I think some of it you talked about, like the guards, like, honestly, a lot of this is, I understand why Jenkins was like, no, 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 we believe in Xavier Tillman. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. You tried and, and now we can be done with that and we can just go small. <laughs> like they just need to go small yeah. and they need to switch everything because, uh, I will take Dennis Schroeder and D'Angelo Russell versus switch coverage mm-hmm. versus Memphis any day of the week, like no problem there like have at it guys that's mm-hmm. that if y'all taking shots is exactly what memphis wants if ad doesn't have the ball and if lebron doesn't have the ball and if Reeves doesn't have the ball that's a win for memphis and like realistically memphis's defense was like well below par for like what they're capable of like this is one of the best defensive teams in the league and it has been all season mm-hmm. so that's not to say that like the lakers don't present problems they obviously do i picked them in the series but the lakers were absolutely in like they were inferno in that game. And that's not really the profile of the Lakers. Like even since the trade deadline, it's been their defense that has really boosted mm-hmm. them. And it's like, Hey, we went from like a pretty shitty offense and a pretty shitty defense. And now we have like a great, pretty good offense
0: and a really good defense. And
1: like a not bad offense. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of Clevelandish. If you're going to do And then this was like elite offense, elite defense. Um, Actually, it was really just elite offense and kind of like, eh, defense. Um, so, like, I think Memphis can win game two. They'll be motivated. Guys step up when a guy's out. It's backs against mm-hmm. the wall. Nobody believes in us stuff. Um, you'll have a game where, like, either Bane goes nuts or Dylan hits a few shots. It's not going to happen over the course of the series. Again, Lakers going to win the series. Um, they can get through one. The problem is, like, they can't get through, like, three, right? So, mm-hmm. if John misses three games then this could be five. Um, I kind of still think, I don't know. There, There is, I am of the belief that it is rare in situations where it's not a one, eight or a two, seven. And this would be a seven over a two. It's rare that like game one in emphatic fashion is like indicative of like the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, these teams are probably very close with the injuries. And I don't know, like I would probably, I would probably still pick the Lakers fully healthy, but I don't know if I bet it. Um mm-hmm. So like, I tend to think that this series is probably going to go long. I think there'll be t- twists and turns and like, to be perfectly honest with you, it's like, Oh no, John Morant, what unfortunate injury. It's like, I'm just like, okay, so what, what unfortunate injury is befalling the Lakers? Because this is this Lakers team. And for
0: a little while, Anthony Davis couldn't move his right arm. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, I, I think the Jaw thing is, is interesting. I I, <clears throat> I didn't want to go so far as to say like Memphis is more dangerous than with you know anything like that. I, I think the I think a little too much was made in the last especially last year of like Memphis's record without Jaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said, down the stretch of that game, you mentioned the Lakers kind of man defense, right? And I think Jaw Obviously, insanely good player. Obviously, insanely entertaining player. Obviously, the ceiling raiser for Memphis. That if he has a jaw game, Memphis is really hard to beat. Uh, but I do kind of think with the way that the Lakers were able to defend him, and uh, you know whether the hand thing was playing a, a a a role in some of this, Jaw, you know, wasn't able to really get it going in that game. And I thought that kind of, and and clearly Memphis was trying to get him going. But when Tyus came in there and when there was more of a focus on the shooting, that was actually when I was a little bit more nervous about, wha- yep. about what Memphis could do. Uh, I think Luke Kennard led the way in plus minus in that one. And he only mm-hmm. went one of four from three-point range. So like if to your point about, and this is what, um you know, this was what made me nervous against minnesota when gobert was out was the way to beat the lakers defensively is to force lebron say to care about a shooter right the the way to beat the lakers is to move him or move you know have his guy set enough picks on the weak side that eventually you go you know pass pass corner three-pointer and somebody's wide open down there and if that's luke Kennard. If that's Tyus, if that's Dylan Brooks and he has it going one one night, then that's where Memphis can really take advantage of some stuff. It, no jaw also makes it difficult to play Jared Vanderbilt because defensively there isn't really somebody to put him on. And right. and he's a big part of the Lakers defensive identity. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you in that um it can it can work for a game. I think long term you obviously yeah. want Jaw. But for a home game where the crowd is really going to have it going, if they hit a couple three-pointers here early, it has a chance to really snowball on a Lakers team that has taken teams for granted. Like we've seen them, even after the All-Star game, lose some really stupid games to like, say, Chicago. And and I could see that kind of happening here in game two.
1: Yeah, and I mean I think um I would say probably like right now my inclination is that the grizzlies win game two close. Wow, what a heroic effort. They really turned around the Lakers. Lakers win games uh three and four and it's three one. And then the grizzlies come back and probably jaws back in that game, maybe we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um jaws back in that game and they win game five to extend it, and it's like, oh, all the pressures on the Lakers, and then the Lakers wrap it up in six. Like so that to me seems like the most likely outcome here. I just uh, I don't necessarily think that the Lakers are good enough to be like, we're just that much better than you that we can win in five mm-hmm. or a sweep. Now, the one of the X factors here is like, like Jaw's comments are concerning on a number of levels, not only to reveal how hurt he is, but also like he's down, right? He talks about yeah. like, it's one thing after another. And I'm like, well, no jaw Like you went, you went to a stroke <laughs> club and you pulled out a gun on Instagram. That's yeah. not bad luck. You're that's, threatening
0: that's... Fin- finish line employees. Yeah. That's
1: you, not... you, your mom got into a tiff at a store and she called you. And then you came down there and threatened to beat up with a kid. Like these are choices. Yeah. It's not the same thing as bad. I made this comment to our mutual friend, um, Kirk Henderson, that in a Slack that, um, while, i've never engaged in that kind of behavior one thing I, I can't say is like i remember being young and thinking that all of the bad decisions that i made were bad luck yeah like i remember doing that and yeah. like man i just cannot catch a break yeah trouble at work and all these things and it's like yeah because you were fit 20 minutes late for work because you were hung <laughs> over dipshit like don't yeah. go don't go out what do you do you have work yeah Um, so like these kind of things when you're when you're young i'm not necessarily surprised at for that view but more implicitly here is if they get down i don't know that memphis this year has enough in it to be like we're gonna rally backs against the wall they had a real fighting spirit last year and the villain thing takes it out of you it does like lebron said it in
0: miami that when he did the the full heatles thing and Mm -hmm. And he said, "Like that isn't him. That was that took a lot out of him to just kind of hear the entire league hating you on a nightly basis. anybody,
1: really like nobody like really enjoys being no because like Draymond is beloved by like his community. Yeah, it's true. You know, like everyone else can hate him, but there he's loved. And it's not that the the fans of Memphis have turned on the team, but it's more just a matter of that whole. It's also different when it's like." you're the villain because you're good and you talk trash versus like, you're the villain because like
0: you've decided the... to be the villain.
1: Yeah. And like, yeah. so I just think that, that that's taken a lot out of them and the injuries. Like there's just like a lot going against them right now. And it would be very easy for them if they fall down through one to be like, just not our year, man. Like this, you yeah. just don't have it. And once teams know that they don't have it, it's over.
0: I thought yeah. that was, that was pretty clear in the end of the game. Yeah. Where it was like a it was like a 6 point game and then all of a sudden it was a 14 point game with some, you know, turnovers and some guys not getting back on defense. That, I don't know, that was part of my that was part of the math that I was doing on this series as it was heading in was like eventually you reach a point where there's just too much going on. Yeah. Like there there is that <laughs> Memphis has had a freaking year. You know, uh, Jaron Jackson starts the year coming off of injury, off of off-season surgery, and there's some continuity stuff that's going on there. Obviously, John Morant has his stuff going on. Dylan Brooks has been Dylan Brooks all season long, and eventually, Stephen Adams. yeah, Stephen Adams has been has missed a whole bunch of times. So it is, you know, sometimes you just have these years from hell, and some of it, like you're talking about the villain stuff, is kind of brought upon them by them. But there's all, you know, when you add injuries to that and you add off-court immaturity to that, it does kind of stack up on you.
1: So look, I'll say this though. Um, this is a good test for the Lakers, right? If like they are the title contender that they are being treated as, and I don't know that it's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. This is a good test for them because if we do say like the, like, like, you know, you and I think the Lakers, were going to win the series which means that they're better than the two seed. And if that's the case, then it's like, all right, you've got a team that you have tactical advantages on that's injured. That's down Mm -hmm. bad and just suffered another major injury. Like you have an opportunity here to put this away. And so like, you get to kind of find out like, are the Lakers that good or are they a team that like, still is like, yeah, even with all that, it's still going to be like a longer series because the Lakers margin for error just isn't that big.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or they aren't, aren't able to take advantage of decreased margins for error on the other side. Right. Um, like that's, that was what made me nervous about the way that the Minnesota game played out was Minnesota had all that stuff kind of, you know, it all kind of, you know, Harrison and I talked right after the game and I heard it a lot from other people who, 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 you know, cover the Lakers from from my side of things. And it was like, well, LeBron didn't even play that well down the stretch. And uh, they didn't get anything from Reeves. And they didn't get anything from D'Angelo Russell. And they were still able to win that game ugly. And it was like, well, but, like, they still... <laughs> they were playing against a team that had to overcome, I think, a lot more than that. And, and, you know, that made me nervous coming out of it. And that's why, like, the way that the game played out Sunday between the Lakers and Memphis did make me feel a little bit better like when when jaw went down had memphis go on a run uh when he went down and had the lakers like had it taken right to the last possession to win that game i'd still be kind of sitting here like that is not the result that i that it was a result i was hoping for it wasn't the process that i wanted to get there through but they did kind of put them away yeah um and 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 yeah i give them credit for that
1: yeah i think you have to um and like look Uh, as much as like all right the pressure is higher now because you have expectation i think on the other side of it is the everything is breaking right for them and it's just game one and it's the the game one of this series but it's game one of the other series as well but like look like phoenix is no longer undefeated with kevin durant Mm -hmm. like they're beatable they're human they bleed blood um on the other side we texted about
0: that series, by the way. I told you I took I took Phoenix in that one because I thought the odds were way out of whack there. I think everybody was way too—I get it because the Clippers have been the Clippers now for a few years, but despite new ownership and stuff. But that was—I think it was like 375 or 400 for the Clippers to win that series. That was yeah. insane.
1: I took them plus two and a half. Um, they only got to get one more win for me, so that's— mm-hmm. Happy about that. Um, you know, I think on the other side of the bracket is the Warriors. And this is my kind of take is like this series is probably going to go long because they, like, they lost that game one. They couldn't steal it. The Warriors are going to have to play Steph and, and the starters like 40 plus minutes. Yeah. And so like they're going to be tired by the second round. So again, like another opportunity here. if If Memphis goes like falls apart and just can't get themselves together and the Lakers do take care of this series in five or four, if they just like dominate this team, they could be rested going against a, a Warriors team that had to go the distance with the Kings and is already exhausted. And that paves the way to a conference finals. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a real opportunity here. Things are breaking the Lakers way.
0: Not just that that Warriors team would have to go the distance with the, like with the Kings, with their core, you know, with their core rotation of like six guys you trust, but that playing style in that series is bananas yeah <laughs> i was watching that game um you know saturday night and i'm just it's just insane how fast everybody is flying around the court in, yeah, in I that mean, the
1: the warriors defense fell apart in the second half mostly because they were just like Can you just please just slow <laughs> down just daren just fox just, just slow down <laughs> just we're very old just slow down for a second it's the
0: uh it's a scene from super bad where the cop is like throwing up he's the
1: fastest kid alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <He's That's> just... <laughs> um yeah i i want to talk um how with the conversation about charges and stuff i'm going to write about this for Substack. um there is this notion of like banning the charge because it is not a basketball play and that these guys it's it's a dangerous play on the perimeter if you have a player step into somebody's landing area it is a flagrant foul in some cases and yet in the paint Standing into landing areas is incentivized Um, with guys who are flying from a lot higher, a lot faster. I kind of understand the stance of banning the charge. I think it needs to be kind of scaled back. But where do you stand? Where where do you stand on that?
1: I think they just need to let guys play defense. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, That's going to deter a lot of this is if you can add if you can play defense on the perimeter if they let guys play defense on the perimeter, you're not going to have line drives by these guys at that speed. You know, personally, I I am of the, you know, I am of the, it's not a basketball play. No, I won't even say that. It's, it's the lamer of all basketball plays. Yeah. I, I will be honest with you. The injury stuff doesn't bother me as much. And the reason Mm -hmm. is because with all of the load management and everything else, I'm just like, Guys are going to get hurt. What do you want? This is sports. This is how it goes.
0: The thing about the the injury angle on this is, okay, you want to ban the charge because guys might get hurt, but you're going to take that collision, which is taking place kind of on the ground. And you're going to move that into the air every time. Yeah. Guys are going to be safer that that way. That doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. I think it's like a more exciting play, but like, let's just be real, real clear about this. Like, Ja has always played a style of play that has made me wince and hold my breath. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. from the moment like that he started from Memphis, like I was, I've always been like, I just don't know how this kid's knee is not going to explode from how he lands. He used to land on one leg. And I was just like, like your body's not supposed to absorb that contact. <laughs> um, like It's one of the reasons why Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid constantly fall down despite being bigger than everybody else is it's like the safest way to cushion the blow. Yeah. I wish they wouldn't because I think it's horseshit. But like mm-hmm. it's it's one gonna draw draw a foul and two better for the body, according to like experts apparently. Doc Rivers disagrees, but it's doc. Um his name so is
0: like, Doc, dude. Like, how are you not point. gonna trust a doctor?
1: Fair point. Don't have I don't have a medical degree. Um, <laughs> so I don't necessarily worry about from the injury standpoint because I'm just like guys are gonna get hurt. I just I want to see guys contest in the air. And if you're like well, that's more dangerous, I, I don't necessarily disagree. But if you combine it with the ability to actually defend on the perimeter, you're just going to see less of these kind of instances. Like, I am just of the opinion that this, it's, a lot bothers me with where the league is at, and I don't like being that guy. Like, I want to be positive, Mm -hmm. but these scoring numbers are not real. Yeah, Like, they're just not. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they're they're just not. These are not the best scorers per game in NBA history. No. No, I'm sorry, sir. That's not accurate. And when we look at it, like so much of it is is attributable to the increasing free throw rate. And I'm just like, can we just let guys defend? Like, can we just? This is supposed to be a a game where like one side tries to score and the other side tries to stop them. And you, you need to let the other the try the side trying to stop them have a chance at this versus where the league has gotten to.
0: Well, it's not. It's not just you know, that, that the, the, the defense, like defenders aren't allowed to defend, but they especially aren't allowed to defend on the perimeter. And then when you get to the interior, guys are just allowed to hack. Like that's just, you know, if you're, a, if you're six, six and up, you get a completely different whistle from, from everybody who is, who is not built like that. Yeah. And if you're,
1: if you're a big posting up a guard, eat. I don't know, seven, six to seven times out of 10, you're going to draw an offensive foul. Yeah if you're a big posting against a big, it's not even no blood, no foul. It's like, unless you are on the floor in a pile and like a puddle (laughs) of your own blood with a chalk outline,
0: especially with like doubles, you see these doubles come over and guys are just hacking like cards just come over and just like, like Patrick Beverly, I'm pretty sure has thrown a punch or two that people just don't acknowledge in those, in those spots. And it's just like that. How are you going to defend, you know, referee that, that way. And then that, that way they need to be evened out.
1: And you got, um, you got in his way <clears throat> when he was driving. That's a foul. What? <laughs> point. So like, I, I don't consider the charge to not be a basketball play. Cause I do think that there's something like you're sacrificing. Like trampling
0: people isn't a basketball play either.
1: And you know, if you're like, if, if you're a player that doesn't have the verticality ability, and you're just like, I can't physically get up there. But that's also, that's part of this, right? Is like, if you can't mm-hmm. do it, you can't do it. We have things about that in all sorts of things in the game where it's like, well, I'm not a shooter. Well, then you're going to be a liability on offense. If, you're, yeah. if you can't space the floor and you can't create for others, you're a liability, no matter how good you are defensively. And on the other end, it should be true. Like, there should be drawbacks for these types of things, but we've made it to where players that don't have the, like, I think Kyle Lowry at this point is a good example of this. Kyle Lowry doesn't have a lot that he brings to the table defensively anymore. Cause he's got no more lateral speed. Yeah. Like Kyle was an amazing defender in his prime. That was five years ago. Like, yeah, he, all he can do now is take charges. And that to me is when yeah. we're just like, okay, let's, you know, like we should optimize what people, what people, not only, not only what people want to see, but like what, the game by the people that play it is supposed to be about. And most of them will admit like, no, this is not how we're supposed to play.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the scoring in the regular season is completely out of whack. Yeah. And, uh, it's cool. Like on, on, and it's clearly something that the league has tried to do to get interest back into the regular season is, Luca just dropped 55 in 14, and look at all this stuff. Never mind the fact that he did so like 20 shots at the free throw line. But it was so much fun to watch, except it really wasn't. Um, all Um, right, I, I only have a little bit more time here with you. Uh, I'm sure, I'm I'm almost positive nobody stayed up for Denver, Minnesota after the Clippers and Suns game last night, uh, and uh, Sunday night, by the time you guys are listening to this, and uh, I really think that Denver sent an important message there, you know, as, as as much as a game can send a message. All year, they were clearly the best team in the conference. The last month of the season, they just kind of loafed around. They didn't look very good. They, the, You know, Jokic has, I still say, the, the worst poker face in the league. If he doesn't care, he really doesn't care. You saw it? You saw it? My favorite moment in last night's game was uh, Mike Malone puts him back in when they're up 30, and he immediately tries, like, just goes out there and tries to foul out. They challenge a call to get him back into the game, and he's just like, "Guys, what are we doing?" Um, so, so I, I really think that you know, Denver. You say that there's a path here for the Lakers, and and maybe that they, there there is some of that kind of mental edge that LeBron and AD might have over Denver but I think far and away right now Denver's still the best team in the conference and and they look in, in, insanely dangerous uh, in in ways that like like I was a little nervous about them against Phoenix but I am not that doesn't worry me at all anymore so what 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 did you see from Denver are you with me on 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 me saying that I I, I would actually put them as a
1: title favorite right now for the conference they probably should be favored just because Phoenix is so unproven and those kind of things but like re- you know we do this where we overreact to game one and then by game four the context of the series looks different I don't know the Minnesota can play worse than they played last night I've seen the wolves play some <laughs> bad cats games. like
0: hold my beer
1: yeah I've seen some really bad games that was one of the worst like they were just they were unorganized they were undisciplined they were rattled Um... They had no composure, which is typical for them. It was bad all over. They couldn't hit shots. Like, this is a lot of us couldn't hit shots. The thing about Denver, I think, is we saw the four seed loses to the five. Unproven Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Other guys look bad. The others were really bad in that game, um, including Chris Paul being another. The three seed Kings got it. A- like awesome win mm-hmm. feel good incredible you're also the 30 seed and you barely snuck out a win versus the warriors who can't win on the road yeah the two seed grizzlies get stomped by the lakers the nuggets were the only top team in the conference to look that like. looked like it mm-hmm. yeah like they took it and like look i was skeptical going in i said they're gonna have to show me like they're gonna have to prove it to me and they still do like I can't be like, oh, you did it for one game. Good job. It's like, no, you gotta got you gotta do it three more times. Yeah. You should sweep this team. But when we did the series preview, I did it with Adam Mars over on Locked on Nuggets, like one of the things that we talked about was this isn't a tactical matchup advantage series. Like the Lakers have a huge advantage on Memphis because they have no front court. They're playing Mm -hmm. Xavier. They're starting Xavier Tillman and they have no backup center. And they have to go
0: to Aldama. Yeah. They have to go to Sandy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, The Nuggets don't have that here. There's no like tactical advantage. Jade McDaniels being out helps. Nasri being out helps. But like the, the Wolves have two bigs that they are, they actively are staggering them in the non Jokic minutes. They put Cat, they put Cat and Gobert together versus the non Jokic minutes and lost them last night. Yeah. Which is again, very bad on the Wolves. Um, but there's no like matchup. Like Kyle Anderson presents issues. Anthony Edwards presents, presents issues. And Denver last night was just like, no, we're better. Like we're way, we are yeah. significant. We are like, we are several tiers above you. Yeah, like you can. You it doesn't. You play bad, but like you could play better, and and it won't matter. We have distance because mm-hmm. we're just simply better than you. And this is something that I had to learn. And like last year's Wolves Grizzlies actually was a good example of this, where I bet the I bet the Wolves plus two and a half in that cash because they hung in that series. I knew that they would they would win two games, and that was a bigger bet. But I also bet them to win the series because I was like they have such a big matchup advantage. But ultimately, what matters in deciding who wins the series is matchup to decide. To evenly match teams like if you're mm-hmm. within the range one team can be a little bit better but if you got the matchup advantage you can get past them what you can't do is you can't be like we have a great matchup and the other team is way better yeah that that, that better team is still gonna win and so mm-hmm. denver you know it was what denver needed to do to start um i talked to the veterans last night because i've been asking them all year like hey just want to check in because you guys keep saying that you can do this <laughs> where you can defend and i'm just like yeah. when because you're not defending like at all like you did for a couple months but like are you are you sure you can do this and they kept being like yeah no we know we can do like we're good Mm -hmm. we we got it and then last night i was like you kept telling me and they're like that's why i kept telling you that yeah what we can do so i wasn't sure minnesota was going to
0: get to 70 or 80 points last night that was
1: yeah now now look if the wolves if this is just like well the where the wolves are in complete disarray and they probably will will turn the series around at some point and make it competitive um, to some degree. But even if this is like where the Wolves are, that's not great for Denver because you never want this first round to be too easy. When yeah. it's too easy, then it gets to the second round and you're like, oh shit, this is what a real playoff series is like. Yep. Um, so there's ups and downs to this, but all you can really do is handle what's in front of you and Denver approached it, at least Denver approached it mentally and emotionally with the right tone in game one.
0: Yep. All right, let's get you out of here with this. Is there anything uh, in particular that you uh, want to plug there at the Action Network? They've already done some incredible work here uh, previewing these series. Um, I followed you guys throughout March Madness when when it was that time of the year as well. Uh, But is there anything in particular that you want everybody to check out?
1: Yeah, download the app. It's a great way to check in all, all sorts of great information on the Action Network app. Um, you can check out Buckets, my daily betting podcast. Got lots of deep dive information on that, on all the series. Lots of cool stuff to check out, so make a check, check it out on the Action Network app.
0: All right, that is going to do it here for my time with Matt Moore, uh, again, of the Action Network. Always fun to chat with you, man. Thank you very much. I know you're swamped right now. Um, hope he- I hope JAW is healthy so that like when I give you shit – about this series in Vegas, it won't just be with that as a disclaimer.
1: Yeah, I you can you can go ahead because I think Jar no jaw. I think your Lakers are good. Thanks for having me. Thank you.